the climate of the planet on a global basis. We are warming the Earth. Now, if you think of the Earth uh, the way you might think of a human body, the human body lives at a relatively constant temperature, 98 degrees or so. If our temperature goes up a little bit, we're sick. If our temperature goes up more than 4 or 5 degrees, we run the risk of dying. So the issue, in some sense, is are we changing the health of our planet? Are we causing the climate to change? Is the Earth warming up? And what are the consequences? Global average temperature, people have focused on that as the issue, but of course, it's more complicated than that. We need to have a real sense of where the changes are going to occur. Are we going to see rain where it did not occur in the past? Are we going to see drought in regions where there is no drought today? And what is ultimately going to be the effect on people and the effect on plants and the effect on animals and the effect on the entire, if you want to think of it as a human body, the entire body human on a global scale. That's uh, no less than that is the issue. It's a, an extremely complicated issue. It has complex scientific dimensions. It involves how the atmosphere and the ocean combine as a system. It involves how the atmosphere, ocean, and life on a global basis interact. And we want to talk a little bit about how that takes place in order to provide this very broad context for understanding the problem of global warming as, as we need to understand it today in order to decide what we should do about it. Now, a few years ago, uh, a famous uh, scientist called Roger Revell described this issue in rather graphic terms. He said, we are embarked on a global geophysical experiment. We are literally embarked on an experiment in which we have determined that we are going to change the composition of the atmosphere of the Earth on a global basis, and we're going to watch what happens. But we don't know what the outcome of the experiment is. Now, this is a very tricky experiment. Normally, if a scientist does an experiment in the laboratory and it doesn't work out, you scrap the experiment and you do it again, or you change the conditions. But you only have one Earth. So we are engaged today in an experiment, the consequences of which are still somewhat unpredictable. And Roger Revelle rather graphically caught that particular uh, idea when he first introduced the idea of the, the, the global experiment that we're talking about in the context of global warming. Now, what are we going to, um, what's the, uh, the game plan for these lectures? How are we going to try to do this? Well, I thought it would be useful in this uh, first lecture to provide a context in which to view the human presence. We need to have a sense of where we are on the stage of life. We need to have a sense of how recent our arrival is. There are many who intuitively looking at what humans do to the Earth say, this is a very large planet. There's lots of diversity. There's an ocean. There's land. There's forest. There's grassland. How can a few human beings change this planet? So we need the context of where we are on the Earth. Are we significant or are we insignificant? How did the Earth get to where it is today? So I'm going to spend some time in this first lecture trying to provide that context, the context in which we see where we are in the scheme of, uh, of life. Now, after we do that, I want to explicitly begin to discuss in Lecture 2 the concept of the greenhouse effect. Uh, the greenhouse effect is basically the phenomenon that maintains the surface of the Earth at a temperature that is, that is uh, hospitable to life. And um, we'll discuss what that greenhouse effect is. Why is it called the greenhouse effect? Well, there's a loose analogy to the, to the glasshouse or the greenhouse in which in the glasshouse or greenhouse, uh, sunlight penetrates the glass, 
to the inside, but the, the, the heat is more or less trapped to the interior. The glass does not allow heat to radiate as easily to the outside as it would in the absence of the glass, and so the temperature inside the greenhouse is significantly warmer than it is outside, and so you can grow warm, uh, warm temperature plants in an environment that would otherwise be impossible. So that's basically where the term greenhouse comes from, but we'll explain how that works in the context of the climate system. The other point here is that we need to understand what are the elements that contribute to the greenhouse effect. So we'll be talking about how efficient is the natural greenhouse effect. Uh, we need to understand how that works in the, so that we have a better sense of how we are beginning to change it, how, what our impact is in, in changing it. And what we'll be seeing specifically here is that the gases that are part of the greenhouse effect are relatively few in number. And paradoxically, the major components of the atmosphere, oxygen and nitrogen, are not contributors to the greenhouse. What we'll talk about is that if all we had in the atmosphere was oxygen and nitrogen molecules, and frankly, that's most of what we have, 99% of the air on a typical day is made only of these two molecules, if that's all we had, there would be no greenhouse and the earth would be freezing cold from equator to pole. Life as we know it under those circumstances would not be possible. So it's minor gases in the atmosphere like water vapor, like carbon dioxide, like nitrous oxide, like methane, that are the key players in determining the greenhouse effect and ultimately then the average temperature and the climate of the Earth. And that's the context in which we need to understand what we are doing to change the nature of the global greenhouse. We are specifically in this course interested in trying to understand whether human beings are changing global climate. Now, what we'll see in Lecture 3 is that the world, in a real sense, changed a couple of hundred years ago, 150 years ago, during the Industrial Revolution. Up to that point, we were, to some extent, dependent on nature. But after the Industrial Revolution and our ability to begin to use fossil fuels, coal and oil and gas, and to build machines and to substitute mechanical labor for human and animal labor, suddenly we were effectively free to change the environment in a fashion that we could not before. And we'll talk about the issues that uh, resulted from the Industrial Revolution and the, the problems that we have had to grapple with over time. In brief, those are problems that perhaps at least the older people listening to this will be familiar with, the problem of dirty air in cities, the problem of uh, acid rain, the problem of urban smog, and then finally this composite problem, the granddaddy of them all, the problem of global warming. And so we'll attempt to place this in that context. Now, in dealing with global warming, of course, we need to understand what that means. What is causing global warming? And in doing that, we need to understand what is it that determines the average temperature of the Earth. If we're warming the average temperature of the Earth, what would it be in, our, in the absence of our activity, of our influence? So what is it that does it? In Lecture 6, we'll begin to talk about a, a very important greenhouse gas that is changing, namely carbon dioxide. What is carbon dioxide? Carbon dioxide is the end product of burning coal, oil, and natural gas. And it is accumulating in the atmosphere. The concentration of carbon dioxide is increasing, and it is a critically important uh, greenhouse gas. I will talk about how carbon dioxide changed in the past. I will give you a sense of uh, what the level of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere has been over the past 450 thousand years of Earth history, and we'll talk about how we know that. And where we'll see at that point is that 
what's happening right now is effectively unprecedented. The level of carbon dioxide is on a vertical climb, and we are responsible for that change, and we'll talk about how we are doing it and what the prospects are for the future. Having talked about carbon dioxide and what we think is going to happen in Lectures 6 and Lecture 7, then we'll turn attention to the other greenhouse gases, and in particular to the importance of methane and nitrous oxide. What are these gases? Where do they come from? What determines their presence in the atmosphere? How are we changing them? What do we know about the history? Are they part of the problem? What are the activities that the humans are responsible for that contribute to their change? We'll see that there are very rapid, again, effectively unprecedented changes in the abundance and concentration of these gases occurring globally over the past, um, beginning over the past couple of hundred years, effectively since humans began to become a global presence with the Industrial Revolution. At that point, we'll have a real sense of the changes that are taking place in the composition of the atmosphere. And there's no controversy here. The story here is straightforward. Even the most skeptical person who does not believe in environmental issues and wants to run away from it has to admit that the material up to this point is absolutely straightforward. Humans are changing the composition of the atmosphere globally. We know that, and we have a pretty good idea how we're doing it, why we're doing it, and what the future is likely to be unless we change the way in which we're doing things. But, of course, the really big issue is, so what? If we're changing the composition of the atmosphere, is that going to affect the climate? How is it going to affect the climate? How do we think about the climate system? How do we think about how it responds to changes in the composition of these greenhouse gases? What we're going to see is that the only significant energy source that keeps the Earth functioning at, the, at its surface is the sun. There is more sunlight absorbed at low latitudes than is radiated out to space in the infrared. So essentially the heat engine that runs the terrestrial climate system